the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560, WFL.com, and on the app, listen to the Tim DeMar Show, having some technical issues, which I hope will be resolved soon. It's okay, you have to roll with it, right? Forecast for today, certainly sunny, some clouds mixed in, 87 the high, cleared night low, 61, a lot of sun. 79 the high for tomorrow. Mix the clouds and sun for Sunday. And a high of 77. Very excited. We have a full plate today. Founding pastor of Commitment uh, Church in Lindewald, New Jersey. Former Eagle Cedric Brown going to join us shortly. Then we'll have Ralph Nader. Yeah, the Ralph Nader. Activist, lawyer, author. He has a cookbook out, of all things. We chat with him. And then Nick Feldman, founding member and guitarist of the band Wang Chung. Like everybody have fun tonight? Everybody Wang Chung tonight? Yes, they'll be joining us as well. Before we get into any of that, though, kind of a fun thing. The uh, Phillies had some drafting going on this week and uh, picked four players in the abbreviated baseball draft. And the uh, first pick they took, a a pitcher uh, named Mick Abel. And after Mick was drafted, uh, he was asked... Did anybody on the team happen to reach out to you? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, right after uh, I got right after I got the initial call, and uh, right after I heard it on TV, uh, Bryce Harper actually FaceTimed me. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was I, I got caught by surprise. I was kind of like, oh, who's FaceTiming me? I mean, I don't I don't have the number, so I better answer. So I answered and see his face pop up. I'm like, oh, that's Bryce Harper. You know, he said, welcome aboard. And you know, the thing I took away is that you know the grind starts now. Baseball's a grind, and that you know it's going to take a lot for it's going to take a lot for me to get to the next level, and better get to work. <laughs> yeah, so that's Mick Abel, the Phillies' first round draft pick, and then uh, after that, Brian Barber, who's the director of amateur scouting, had a, a Zoom call with Phillies writers and media folks, and uh, I was in on that earlier today, and um, he was asked. Uh, Brian Barber was asked about that that very call that Bryce Harper took time to uh, to make that call to their number one draft pick. Here's what the uh, director, Brian Barber, had to say of amateur scouting. Right after we made the pick with Mick, uh, we, we were um, yelling at each other down the hall, uh, and, and, and Matt let me know, Matt Klintak let me know that Bryce actually reached out to him and, and let him know that he wanted to speak with Mick. So that was it wasn't necessarily anything that we set up. I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. That was all Bryce that he reached out and he did it with all four of the players that we selected. So I thought it was just an unbelievable thing for him to take the time and the effort to reach out to these guys and, and just congratulate them. And, and I, I talked to each of them 
and, and yeah, it was pretty exciting to have somebody at Bryce Harper's level reach out to these guys. So it continued throughout the night, and uh, I, I, I think I saw something last night on Twitter as I got back to the hotel at about 1 a.m. that that Bryce had retreated one of one of Barron's home runs that he had hit, you know, for 470 feet. So just unbelievably cool. How I would have taken that is, I mean. You'd be an 18 to 21 year old and being reached out to one of, by one of the most famous baseball players in the world. It would be really, really cool. That's that's what I would think. Again, that's Brian Barber, the Phillies director of amateur scouting. Uh, and what I thought was really cool, I wanted to just play that little clip for you, uh, is because you know he just gives you a little snapshot into the leadership that Bryce Harper is exhibiting. And it's the kind of thing you're not going to really read about or hear too much about, perhaps, but behind the scenes. It's one thing to do something when you're asked, which is a good thing, and being willing. Not everybody's even willing to do what they're asked. But to me, Bryce Harper taking the extra step, being proactive, ahead of the curve, taking ownership, and, and having that sense of responsibility. And a good word, like, it's time to get to work. Congratulations. Time to roll up your sleeves and get to work, even though you, know, you can't go to the ballpark now or whatever. you got to get yourself in that mode from now. So it's pretty cool, I thought, uh, to, uh, to hear that little story today. We're going to take a quick break. And then bring our first guest on board for the hour, Cedric Brown, founding pastor at Commitment Church in Lindenwald, New Jersey. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app. If you do want to uh, to get yourself in the mix for a gift card, too, we're giving those away today. Courtesy of Briner Chevrolet, Duncan and Rita's and Panera. And uh, Wawa, $5.60. We'd to make a number of winners. Send a quick text to 610-500-DUB, 610-500-DUB. 3683. That's our text line here at the station and uh, for the show. We're glad to hopefully make you a winner. One more time 610 500 Dove. 610 500 3683. Back in a moment with more on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. I'm sure it never gets old, Cedric Brown. <laughs> wow, we <laughs> once an eagle, always an eagle, right? Yeah, I feel like strapping up, my friend. Wow. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you in person lately, but the last time I did, you looked like you could still get out there and knock some people around. Wow, looks and appearance appearances deceiving, my friend. Right? <laughs> That's funny. How you been? I, I'm well, Tim. I'm doing well. Thank you. In the midst of all of the chaos, right? I am doing well by the grace of God. Amen. Yes. Cedric, yes. Cedric Brown, our guest, he's the founding pastor at Commitment Church in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Almost a quarter century now, right? Yes, yes. It'd be 24 years. Yeah. Uh, August. Wow. Wow. So, that's, so, that's, really, I you know I think we had this conversation once before because my wife and I are going to be married twenty four years in August. I think we got married wow. like the week that you started the church or something. I forget. 
Because yeah, yeah, I know we've known each other for a long, long time. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, um, just for just for reference point, the last time we spoke, I know that um, you know the, the church is in Lindenwald. There were some also some mm-hmm. other kind of satellite endeavors going on Delaware and at Rowan and things like mm-hmm. that. What's the quick? Just so people know, you know where the church is and, and what you're where you're at, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Our, our main campus is in Lindenwald, New Jersey, which is literally walking distance from the high speed line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, and God has uh, blessed us with a wonderful multi ethnic uh, congregation that uh, I've been fortunate to, to lead and and try um, my best to care for and have some wonderful and awesome people that that helps me do it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, and one of the things I know that. Um, uh, is big with the church uh, right on the homepage. And I know much more than that too, is, you know, a place for all nations and, and, yes. and, and then you're very community minded. So for one thing I wanted to make sure folks knew about is this prayer walk that's happening on yes. Sunday. Yes. So mm-hmm. chat about that a little bit, you know, the heart behind it and, and, you know, the nuts and bolts of it too. Yeah. Yeah. The heart behind it is ultimately is to unify the body of Christ by demonstrating peaceably to our communities in the world, the unifying work of Christ. And we just, we see what we're going through. We see what uh, dilemma we're in, and we have to turn to the one who is the answer. And honestly, the body of Christ has a major role to play in it, but we must become one as he and the Father is one. And the ultimate goal is to, to begin to move the Church in the right direction of coming together as one, all nations, tribes, and tongues, under, under the banner and at the foot of the cross of Christ. And, and so we just really want to uh, display that to the world, right? Because we have the answer. We have the answer. Yeah. Cedric Brown, our guest, he's a founding pastor at Commitment Church in Lindenwald, New Jersey. And you do, uh, before I forget, uh, are you still doing the collegiate angle in, at Rowan or in general that uh, ministry? No, not, you know, we, we, we put that on pause for now, okay. yes, but that's still yeah, still a heart for us. Uh, but yet, if there's anybody who would like to do that, please call us up. Okay, sure. <laughs> That'd well, be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it takes people to do to do these things. The church, <laughs> yeah, at, the Lindenwald Endeavor, that, I mean, the, you know, the church there, that's, uh, what time is the service or services there? Yes, uh, typically before Corona, yeah. it, it was uh, 9, uh, 11, and 1. Okay. So we're we're now going to um, uh, move towards four services. Wow. You know, just to kind of uh, keep everyone with social distancing and be be considerate of everyone's care. Okay. Uh, so it would be most likely uh, hour long services with thirty minutes in between. So what is that? Nine thirty minute break, and then uh, yeah. uh, nine thirty, then ten to ten thirty, then eleven o'clock to. Uh, to 12, 12 a, a, a half hour break, and then I think one thirty. Okay. I'm not mistaken. So, and is yeah, that so actually about four services hour long in be, hour long uh, uh, each, and about thirty minutes in between. Okay. Yeah. And so you're you're mm-hmm. streaming in the meantime, and or are you actually in yes. the building again, or is that coming that coming uh, soon? Well, yes. Thank you. We are streaming right now, and and you can find us online at nine, uh, eleven, one p.m. And one p.m. is in Spanish. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Commitmentchurch.org is the site. Commitmentchurch.org. Cedric Brown, the pastor there. Um, I know um, what I, I guess, uh, you know, I played that, that Eagles thing at the beginning. Um, was Gary, Gary G. Cobb joined us? He's like you, he's been on a number of times, including earlier this week. Were you guys actually teammates for a while in the 80s? I'm trying we, to remember. We, we sure were. Yes, we sure were. Wow. Yeah, I think Gary, 
if I'm not mistaken, he just came over from the Cowboys. I, if I can okay. rat him out for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> then he got converted. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and Gary. Yeah, absolutely. It was Buddy Ryan's first three years there that we were there. Okay. And, and, and Gary and I were both active in the Bible studies that we used to have with, with Reggie and, and a lot of other guys as well. And, and, and God did some amazing things um, with us and in us uh, during that time as well. Yeah. Well, like I did with him a few days back, I want to step back a minute or two and give you the floor just to share whatever thoughts you have on what you're observing in America and beyond, if you like, in recent days, certainly since George Floyd's Mm -hmm. death in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, could be COVID, could be anything else. Mm -hmm. Yes, man. I I tell you, um, it it, it breaks my heart, really. You know, I must admit, and I think Gary shared that. I, I tuned in a little bit of what he shared. Yeah. about the, the need for dads, right? And I totally agree with that. And and, and the absentee fatherism has played a pivotal role in, in a lot of our uh, minority men and women's plight. But I tell you, what, what breaks my heart most of all is the delinquency of the Church, right? Um, because even though uh, I've experienced many things of racism and Grew up in Compton, California, to Washington State University, where there's two percent population of, of blacks out of twenty thousand students, and wow. I was the only black in in my Black History class, along with the professor, and wow. you know, to yeah, right, to uh, coming to know Christ there on campus, which is amazing. But then uh, leaving there and and uh, coming to the Eagles, and, and matter of fact, I remember being profiled as a, a rookie. Uh, on the Eagles, and an attorney had to go to court for me when I was shopping in a in a particular uh, uh, store at one of the local malls, and in a business career, just you know, just over and over and over again, and even to a point, I, I wrote a blog recently and and just talked about how even today, man, there there's a bit of me that's still a little gun shy, not no pun intended, you know. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, a police car drives up behind me or comes alongside me, and I almost have to do this self check process, making sure I'm I, I'm not speeding, making sure I'm you know I uh, I'm driving straight, making sure I'm not breaking any laws. It just just instinctively uh, I, I begin to revert back to. So you have all of this personal narrative that is, uh, accumulates over years and pain. And they have something like this happen back to back when I think the whole nation is at a pl- vulnerable place with COVID-19, right? Yes. And, and to me, it kind of almost like ripped off the scabs, like the scabs that were healing. Like, man, here we go again. And I literally, I must admit, brother, I had to step back for a few days and just pause. You know, I didn't say anything. I didn't talk about it to anyone. And I had to literally catch, catch my bearings because it was just, very, very painful, and and almost, almost, if you would, there was a sense of hopelessness. But I say that cautiously because, in the midst of feeling like, man, it's hopelessness. What are we going to do? But yet, I know there's hope in Christ, right? Amen. And, and then, if you were navigating through that part, and then coming to the real, realization and saying, you know what? At the end of the day, man, the church is falling so short in this because. Uh, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, still the most segregated hour in America, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and and we still have similar issues in the church that we find in the world. 
And, and it's because we're people who live in the world but should be of the world, but because we become of the world and it brings us and we bring it into the church, then we have that some of the same systemic issues in the world find its way in the church, and, and then the church loses its savor, loses the light glows dim, and our sweet-smelling savor begins to depart from us. And I, begin, I believe we begin to not be who we should be in the world during this climate, right? Yes. It's almost like our voice begins to become mute, rather than a voice that becomes clear in the wilderness, uh, rather we go, it becomes mute. Yeah. Cedric Brown is yeah. our guest. He's a founding pastor at Commitment Church in Lindenwald, New Jersey. You actually wrote a book, uh, right? You've written a yeah. lot of books, yeah. but yes, you wrote one, The Racial yeah. and Cultural Divide, right? Yes, yes, I did. The Racial and Cultural Divide, Are We Still Prejudiced? And it was a book I wrote about, uh, I think about 2009. So what is that, 11 years ago, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was just something that I, I felt the Lord told me to speak on, and it really talks about our ownership as a church. It's a, it's a sin issue, and we got to deal with the sin issue. If we don't, it's not until we deal with the sin issue that finds its way in the church in a homogeneous way of worship and and thinking. Uh, we won't uh, we won't solve the issue that's in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as you're talking. Um, there's obviously plenty more we can talk about, and maybe we could mm-hmm. uh, connect again to have you on sometime to expound on some of these things, maybe the book a bit, mm-hmm. uh, even give some mm-hmm. copies of the book away. We could do something like that and have some fun yeah, with that. That'd but, be awesome. You know, because oh. as, as, I don't know about you, uh, but I, I said something about this yesterday. It feels like because, um, for lack of a better term, since, since there are not, no sports going on right now and there's a lot of stuff that's on mm-hmm. hold, almost mm-hmm. in a good way, some of this really yeah. hard stuff that's happening – including taking a long look at yourself, it's almost like there's nothing to hide behind. When you see Roger Goodell Amen. apologize, yep. apologize? Right, right, right. <laughs> it can't be but like all this, right? So, yeah, go ahead. I'm with, I'm with you, brother, right? I mean, it's, it's almost like God set us up. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine today. I said, listen, even in this pain as a black man, right, and reliving pain and, and the realities of murder right in front of our face. So however you want to slice and dice it, someone dies, no matter what. Lives are, lives are taken. And we have different sides of y'all with that. But at the end of the day, when, when you drill that down, white, black, pink, purple, whatever you are in between, God has sovereignly assigned it all. He, listen, he, he is sovereign over the good. He is sovereign over the bad. You know, and... And that's a tough pill to swallow as a follower of Jesus Christ. But you know it as well as I do, right? You, you, your life hasn't been all roses, right? No. And you have to come to a place in maturity in Christ to know that God is sovereign no matter what is going on right now. He has not left his place, you know? Yes. He, he is still in full control. His finger is still on the scale of justice. And, and we have to rest in that because... God sovereignly made me black in America, right? God God has sovereignly made Tim white in America. God did not make a mistake. Yeah. Right? And and whatever rights and privileges are, in our minds, disadvantages, to me, they're, you know, granted, yeah, there is some grotesque disadvantages that have been placed upon us as a, as a, as a people, right? But, if I still believe in the sovereignty of God, the power of God, 
the, the, the biblical truth that the king's heart is in the Lord's hand, and it's like a running river he can control, I must believe as a minority in this country that God still pays a way for me, not man, right? Yes. And, and to me, that then allows, should allow me to have a level of rest and comfort, right? And even, even a, a white brother or sister who may be feeling, well, I'm a, I feel guilty, you know, white guilt, right? All these, no, no, it's nothing to be guilty about. God made you white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he didn't, make it, he didn't make a mistake. He made me black, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't throw a pity party made for one, right? Yeah. So, so, but the, but the, the challenge that we both have is, Will we be good stewards of what God has given us? Amen. If I have one talent, you know, you can just use the, te- the story of the talents, right? If I say, okay, as a black man in America, he's given me one talent. Well, if God steals, I and use that talent well, God can multiply that talent to ultimately be for his glory and the good of others. And the reciprocalness of that is that God will take care of me. Right? And the same thing with a, a person with five talents, who, who, who's, who's the, if you would, the privileged in the United States of America. Steward it well. Amen. Steward it well. Right? Steward it well and give minorities opportunities that probably only has been assigned to you to do, rather than, you know, wondering why God gave it to you. No, God gave it to you for, your glo- for His glory and, and for the good of others. Cedric Brown, founding pastor, Commitment Church, Lindenwell, New Jersey, this Sunday at 4. Meet at the parking lot, commitmentchurch.org for the prayer walk. Cedric, have a great weekend. Let's chat again soon, all right, my friend? Thank you. All right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Quick break. We keep our program rolling as well. There's lots to pack in here. Ralph Nader going to join us. Nick Feldman of uh, Wang Chung will try and shoehorn our pun segment in as well. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 428, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. How's it going? Thanks for listening in today. We have a lot to to do. If you want to win a gift card, by the way, among other things, to Duncan Rita's or Panera or Wawa, send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Courtesy of Briner Chevrolet and Chinkatown. Want to make a bunch of winners by the end of the show? Some sun and clouds the rest of the day. Low of 61 tonight with clear skies. Sunday tomorrow, 79 the high. Beautiful weekend. And Sunday, a mix of clouds and sun with a high of 77. 1,697 Bibles down, 503 to go. And our partnership with Bible League, thanks to everyone who's helped out. 800 Yes Word if you want to jump on board. 800 937 9673. Or click the Fan the Flame Bibles for Asia banner at WFIL.com. Each one just $5. We jump uh, into our next segment here. The one and only Ralph Nader. How you doing? Good. As well as any of us, right? <laughs> yes, that's good. Well, this cookbook's coming out at a good time. People have a little extra time on their hands to delve in and jump in and do some cooking. So. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I was, you know, yeah, and this terrible COVID-19 situation more people are spending time at home in their kitchen some of them are starting new gardens or expanding their old ones so the the cookbook comes at a auspicious time but we'd rather that it came in another time yeah you know my grandparents were greek immigrants and the culture and cuisine i grew up with overlaps some with yours um and i can appreciate a kitchen that just smells amazing and and the culture you can feel as the food's prepared 
describe for a moment what it was like growing up in your home, specifically in the kitchen with your mom. Well, it happened in the kitchen. You know, that's where we had our family discussions. You know, in those days, there was no television, no computer, no cell phones, and, and the radio was in another room. So she had our undivided attention, and she made the most of it. I mean, first of all, there were the rules that, that we ate everything on the plate. Parents ate what we ate. We ate what the parents ate. We scraped our plates, and um, she talked about food in, in terms of culture, in terms of how the farmers grew it, and how people developed new recipes. And she wasn't strict about recipes. It was always uh, use your own judgment recipes. <laughs> and, and it was a way of upbringing us. And, for, for example, we, uh, we, we never whined about food. And we were taught right from the beginning there were other more important things to talk about local, national, international, neighborhood, and whining about food. And the first page of the book, I think, is worth the book. It showed how my mother got me uh, not to whine about food. I was about eight years old, uh, uh, Tim, yeah. and um, she brought a nice appetizer of fresh celery, radishes, uh, and um, carrots, and I rebelled. I don't want this. I can't eat this. I don't like this. And she kept, you know, urging me to eat it. And she would, I would say, I, I don't, I don't want. And finally she looked at me and she said, well, who's I, Ralph? And I said, I? I, I is Ralph. I mean, no, is I your liver, your your kidney, your heart? Uh, you keep saying I. Who's, who's I? And I was pretty flummoxed. And then she told me who I was. She said, I think I is your tongue. And why are you turning your tongue against your brain? Now eat up. It's good for you. <laughs> yes. It's funny. I never forgot that. Well, I mean, you're right. When I read that, it's it's interesting you say it's worth the price of the book because it just shows so much uh, because it, the, the education, the parenting involved, not just you'll eat it and you'll like it or, or just never mind, eat whatever you want, all of that, working through it with you. Uh, that must have been quite a thing to have, you know, have a, a mom and, and family like that uh, to really help you process and be educated, which is what this cookbook's all about. It's the food, but it's also the, the culture and the education. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we were lucky. And my, uh, we, we had a family restaurant. My dad worked in the restaurant. He brought a lot of fresh vegetables and fruits, sometimes in bushels of apples and pears. And so we were lucky uh, on that score. Yeah. And we're also lucky because... Uh, the Arabic cuisine and what is often called the Mediterranean diet, which would include Greek and Armenian uh, and other uh, uh, ethnic groups, has now been rated about the best in the world in terms of nutrition, uh, diversity, uh, relatively low on fat, sugar, and salt, which is very high in a lot of diets in America and around the world. And so it's good for you. It's just, and also super delicious. I mean, I think people will discover new taste buds when they uh, go through the appetizers, the salads, the breads, and desserts. Uh, it's, it's just a remarkable expansion. And all these ingredients are, with one or two exceptions, are available in the local grocery stores. It's, uh, you know, they're available in organic form as well. They're affordable, a lot cheaper than steaks and chops, and they're easy to prepare. Uh, there's no rigorous, uh, precise measurement of the recipes. My mother insisted on people being able to adapt and improvise. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Ralph Nader and uh, Family Cookbook. It's beautiful. Lots of great photos laid out very practically, starting with appetizers and dips, soups, salads, main dishes, uh, vegetables in there too, breads, desserts. Any favorite come to mind for you? Well, the, I, I like what's called the stuffed uh, uh, cabbage and stuffed grape, grape leaves. Okay. I, I just love those. Yes, and and um, they're easy to make. And again, you can you can make what you want them. You can if you, if you're a vegetarian, you can make them all all vegetarian. And so it's uh, uh, my my favorite one. It was so much that my mother gave it to me for my fifth birthday. Yeah. It's called Shaykhlemeshi. It's baked eggplant with with uh, uh, all kinds of spices and uh, tomatoes. You could have lamb in it if you if if you eat meat. And it's just indescribably delicious. And the desserts, there are these special desserts, uh, tradition in Lebanon. Um, but the other desserts that I love are just plain figs and dates. I mean, just using those descriptions, Tim, makes my mouth water. So <laughs> you can see that, that they're very delicious as well as nutritious. And yeah. you, you often can't get that kind of combination because you can have delicious, you define it high in sugar. Uh, but this this is a really uh, collection of recipes that uh, can improve your health and reduce the levels of obesity, and that is very important now in, in a COVID-19 period. Yeah, you know, my dad's 92. He calls it advanced middle age, and um, he's been a healthy eater since he was about 40 and still texts and emails us about what you're talking about, like the, the idea that you can get used to eating healthy, how it makes you feel, it's not so far away if you just have the right tools in front of you. And I think the cookbook really does that for folks. Yeah, well, you know, a healthy diet has many, many beneficial consequences that make life more pleasant day after day. And people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for taking time. Congratulations on putting the book together. Well, very good. And it's available everywhere books are sold and, of course, online. Very and good. it's beautifully done with a very clear, dark print. It's a hardback. It's a great gift. Thank you so much for taking time to share that with us today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. Yeah, Ralph Nader, who, uh, yeah, how about that? First made headlines back in the 60s with the book he put out, Unsafe at Any Speed, which was a a book again you know, about the auto industry producing unsafe vehicles, which led to congressional hearings and the passage of a series of automobile safety laws. Also uh, became an activist and many other things, too, which led to the Clean Water Act, Freedom of Information Act, National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act, and a bunch of others. Been repeatedly named to lists of the 100 most influential Americans, including those published by Life and by Time. And, of course, he ran for president. And now he has a cookbook. And when I saw that, it was uh, you know, kind of similar because we have the grandparents from Greece and Lebanon being part of that Mediterranean culture. But let's have that guy on. So I'm glad it worked out. We have a quick break to take. And then we have another interesting guest joining us in just a moment. Uh, Nick Feldman from the band Wang Chung. You'll remember that song. Everybody have fun tonight. Well, they're having a virtual concert tomorrow with a number of other 80s bands. 80s is my favorite decade. And... Uh, yeah, so we'll talk with him a little bit about that concert. It's a fundraiser. That and more. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 
440 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFAL.com, and on the app. Thanks for hanging out with us today, our famous Friday show rolling along. Tomorrow, back to the basement. It's an 80s uh, virtual concert fundraiser deal, and what would an 80s party be, and what fun would it be without the band Wang Chung? And we bring in now Nick Feldman, founding member and guitarist of Wang Chung. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing? Great, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Excellent. I'm staying safe and you know, staying home and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I caught one of this Back to the Basement event. Looks like a ton of fun. Where'd the idea come from and uh, what went into putting it all together? Well, it came from um, Abducted by the Ages. Greg Ross of Abducted by the Ages, he um, put the whole thing together. We know him very well. He's a good friend of ours. And he approached us to um, see if we'd want to get involved. Obviously, it's for a great cause, you know, for direct relief, you know, the, the charity for first responders, healthcare workers and doctors and nurses and stuff in their fight against COVID-19. So we were more than happy to get involved. And uh, it's been really inspiring. And we've had loads of interest and we even decided to re-record our everybody have fun tonight, you know, hit and, and change the words to everybody stay safe tonight. So, really? And that's turned out really well. So we're all kind of firing on all cylinders here. It's great. Yeah. I understand there's a couple of screenings tomorrow at 2 and 7 Eastern. And um, at a virtual yep. concert, right? So there's quite a lineup, too. That's all part of this. So just share about that a little bit, just so people understand the mechanics of it, what, what they're in store for. Yes, we've all, you know, all the bands have, you know, recorded at home in isolation, yeah. uh, of course. Yeah. So, you know, we're not out there gigging, you know. Right. We, we, so it's the next best thing of being able to do it at home. I mean, Jack and I sort of, uh, we had to do it and edit all together what we recorded in our separate places. Okay. And I guess that's what other people have done, too. Yeah. Um, and then it's just all been put together by, as I say, Greg of abductedbytheeighties.com and then what you've got to do is go to abductedbytheeighties.com find out all the information about the show the streaming links uh, will be there and also links to donate any money to direct relief just go there and you'll find out sure. what to do chat with Nick Feldman from Wang Chung and um, you mentioned the two showings uh, and I, I understand that if folks are able to check out either of them there may be an aspect to it where they can even chat with some of the bands I'm not sure which ones but a little interactive uh, opportunity sounds like a fun thing will you be part of that possibly or I think so uh, I've been told that yet but okay. we're more than happy to be so, well, so come and chat with us or come and chat away it sounds great. And then afterwards, if folks can't make the actual showings, they can still, uh, I think, catch it on YouTube after the fact. Um, you know, you don't have to come into direct contact, obviously, with COVID-19 or, or whatever to appreciate the effects of what's happened in the world, um, as evidenced by the fact you want to help out you know, being part of this. But, but that said, what's your experience been so far? Anybody, you know, has, has been sick or, or loss of income or things? And just what's your processing been like for these, you know, the last few months? pretty devastating isn't it um, over here in the UK it's been particularly bad I know it's been bad over there in the US as well yeah. Um, so yeah people have lost uh, a lot of work a lot of money uh, a lot of people have become ill um, I, I, we're pretty careful you know if, you, if you're a bit old then of course you're a bit more vulnerable too so we just felt that message of staying safe is uh, 
is a good, fun bit of advice, if you know what I mean, in yes. the way we've done it in the song. And um, But yeah, so it's been pretty bad, you know, and it has disrupted a lot of stuff. So I guess this is a way of helping uh, to raise some money for in the good cause, plus, you know, hopefully giving people a bit of a smile. It's a positive kind of thing we're doing here yeah. with Back to the Basement and also with our song, Everybody Stay Safe Tonight. Yeah. So hopefully we can have a bit of fun whilst we're sort of fighting something pretty horrible. Sure. Well, and 80s music is like that, right? I mean, it seems like Back to the Basement and is a welcome change of pace with the happy sound, the energy that I think 80s music is known for and certainly Wang Chung's music is known for. So uh, it seems like yeah. a great fit, right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, we, 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 we wanted to do something positive, you know, um, but without being kind of dumb about it, you know, we're, yeah. we're pretty serious about what's going on, uh, not, not just with uh, COVID-19, but, you know, with the, race, the racism and stuff like that, we, we're very much, you know, stand against things like that. And so I guess the message is stay safe from all forms of disease and yeah. social nastiness like racism and oppression as well as COVID-19. Yeah. So if we can stay safe from that and do it with a smile on our face, then great. Absolutely. You know, we've dug up the version here off uh, YouTube. Everybody stay safe tonight. So let's throw it on here, the new version that Wang Chung's put out in conjunction with the Back to the Basement virtual 80s fundraiser tomorrow featuring bands like A Flock of Seagulls and Cutting Crew. Back with Nick Feldman in just a moment. I drive a million miles to be with you tonight. So if you feel it low, turn up your radio. Everybody stay safe tonight. Everybody stay safe tonight. Everybody wait on tonight. Everybody stay safe tonight. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app, a little taste of Everybody Stay Safe Tonight, newly remixed by Wang Chung. Chat with Nick Feldman of Wang Chung, getting ready for the 80s benefit concert tomorrow afternoon at 2, also 7 o'clock, abducted by the 80s.com is where you can find that, and you can look the uh, song on YouTube if you want to check that out. The world's obviously changed in terms of music the last 10, 15, 20 years regarding how people discover music and um, you know radio remains strong but back when you know Wang Chung was really getting going it was pretty much the main game in town do you remember the first time you actually heard everybody have fun tonight on the radio specifically where you were how it felt um, you know what I don't remember I, 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 I don't remember the specific time okay. um, I do rem- I, t- I can tell you another story around sure. it when we, we recorded it very spontaneously when we were recording our album Mosaic uh, we were in Austria, actually, recording it in the studio there, and we kind of put it all together. You know, normally we would sort of have written something beforehand and really agonized over it, but we just did it, but it just came out, and we recorded it. And our manager, David Massey, was sort of due to travel out to Austria to, to hear our pro- general progress on the album. And Jack and I were kind of a bit, as we were recording it, we were thinking, is David going to turn up and just, we weren't sure if it was either really terrible or really good. We didn't, we weren't quite sure. And we were a bit worried David would kind of get angry with us for wasting a load of studio time. But when he finally arrived and 
walked in and we sort of sheepishly played him the track and he just went mad you know he just loved it could hear it was a smash straight away so for us it was like oh thank god for that yes yeah well you know uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's that, funny that was uh, that, that's what i do remember is that well yeah. you know the other night at dinner i told the family we'd be talking today and they immediately starting with my wife then the kids each turn took turns singing everybody have fun tonight to see how low they could take their voices, you know, wearing junk tonight. And then, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just so much fun. Um, Funny, yeah. That, that was just a kind of a, a nod to the temptations, I think, you know, uh, that low voice. It just, it just occurred to me when we were kind of right, when we were sort of putting it together in the studio. Yeah. So then we managed to, um, when we got back to L.A., he said, I know just the guy to do it. We yeah. got this guy called Kevin Dorsey in to do the low voice. And it's... Uh, I really like that aspect of it. Okay. It's, it's very fun. What, what, one other quick thing, just to kind of wrap up with, um, folks obviously know you and Wang Chung and this big songs they had, but you've done, just personally, a lot of other things. You've worked for record labels. You've done work with The Voice UK. We often have the U.S., like the U.S. Uh, season 18 winner, Todd Tillen, just joined us recently. Share for a moment about uh, other, you know, other not Wang Chung stuff that you've done, just so people know, get a little, know you a little bit better. Yeah, I, well, I... Right, at, well, before Wang Chung, I, I managed to get myself a job as a kind of agent or a booking agent, at the, and that was just when punk was exploding in the UK. Okay. So I managed to sign some interesting bands and get them gigs like The Clash and Adam and the Ants, and then I became a musician properly and did the Wang Chung thing. And then after Wang Chung, I did some. Um, I worked for Warner Brothers and for Sony Europe as an A and R man working with all sorts of acts and then more recently i've been working on the voice although I i'm not working with it anymore but okay. i did five seasons on the voice uk yeah. sort of scouting good singers to get onto the show and to doing the regional sort of judging stuff where you go around the country doing these auditions so yeah that was interesting work for me to do that for a while but i, I kind of five seasons was enough yeah. for me, I think. but it was good you know so i've got i've got quite a range of uh, interests and uh, you know experience sure. on both sides of the of the mixing desk if you know what i mean so well, uh, yeah. i know you have a full plate of folks to talk to so thank you again and we're looking forward to let folks know about back to the basement this weekend brilliant well, yeah come along have a look at abductedbythe80s.com and stay safe and wang chong tonight <laughs> thanks nick have a great day Good to talk to you. Pretty cool. Nick Feldman, founding member of the band and guitarist from Wang Chung, hanging out with us today. Again, that 80s benefit concert tomorrow at 2. And 70, if you like 80s music, it's uh, abductedbythe80s.com is where you can find that virtual concert. Quick break. We'll bring Danny in next for our uh, crown cherry on the Sunday. Ground true, whatever you call it. The uh, Now that's punny segment. That's coming up next. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.55 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Coming down the home stretch. Danny, how you doing? I'm great, Tim. How are you doing? Wonderful. We've had a fine show. Cedric Brown, founding pastor in Commitment Church in Lindenwald, New Jersey, chatted with us for a bit on some pretty serious stuff, some good things. And there's a prayer walk they're doing Sunday at 4, commitmentchurch.org for details. We had Ralph Nader with the uh, Ralph Nader and Family Cookbook. We went to Lebanon and got a sense of the cuisine there. And Nick Feldman from Wang Chung joined us. And now it's Danny. 
Wow. Yeah. What a show. Your favorite one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway. The best guest from the day. The best what? The best guest. The best guest of the day. The best for last. Well, it is our now that punny segment. And I'm ready with the puns. I All mean, right. Not the puns, the pun sound effects. All right. Fire away. Why did the scarecrow win an award? Why did the scarecrow win an award? I don't know. Because he was outstanding in his field. What would you do Get with the brain if you had one? See, that, <laughs> that totally matches. I know, I loved it. I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Next. Why does paper never win any races? Why does paper never win any races? I don't know. Because it's stationary. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bad. No, I'm kidding. All right. I like them all, actually. Go ahead. What's next? What do you call it when you dance to a Cardi B song in Zumba class? What do you call it when you dance to a Cardi B song in Zumba class? I don't know. Cardi O. Thank you. Very cute. (laughs) That's really good, actually. All right. What else you got? Thank you. Have you heard about the restaurant on the moon? The restaurant on the moon? No. Great food, no atmosphere. Thank you. Dip your waitress, enjoy the veal. We'll be here all weekend. (laughs) Did you hear about the guy who spilled Parmesan all over his Apple computer? The guy who spilled Parmesan all over his Apple computer. What was he thinking? No, I didn't hear what happened. Well, now he has mac and cheese. (laughs) That is so bad. Time for two more. All right. Why did the donut go to the dentist? Why did the donut go to the dentist? I don't know. To get a filling. (laughs) Took me a second. One more, Danny. <laughs> All right. Where should a dog never go shopping? Where should a duck never go shopping? Dog. Dog. I don't know. Where? A huh. flea market. <laughs> well done, Danny. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.